Listen. Do you hear that? Maybe it's the car honking outside your window, or the music coming from another room in your house. It could be the high-pitched whine of cicadas, or the incessant croaking of frogs. Maybe it's just the sound of my voice, or the background music playing underneath it. As the host of a podcast, and from your perspective as our listener, we are acutely aware of the importance of sound and its many characteristics. This podcast, for example, it sounds clear with a low tone or frequency and a high amplitude so that you can hear it. But these qualities can be altered and focused to produce sound waves that have many different functions. From ultrasound scans to sonar navigation, sound waves are some of the most useful tools we have at our disposal. Recently, however, we may have discovered a new application using sound waves to treat cancer through a method called histotripsy. I'm Sam Marchetti, and welcome back to another discussion on the sidelines. Joining us on the sidelines today to talk about treating cancer with sound waves is Tejaswi Wurlikar, a PhD candidate at the University of Michigan and a pioneer in the field. Thanks for joining us, Tejaswi. Thanks for having me, Sam. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about, because this is cancer is a really big topic. Um, you know, cancer seems to be like, you know, one of the ultimate goals of medicine that people talk about is, you know, let's find a cure for cancer. Right. It gets talked about a lot. Um, so before we even get into what you're doing, can you tell us a little bit what is cancer? What is this thing that people talk about all the time? Sure. Um, so as you know, we have so many cells in our body and they're all programmed to act in a certain way. But sometimes um, these cells go out of control. They start um, dividing a um, lot and then just like multiplying rapidly to form cancerous nodules. So that's how cancer is formed and it can actually originate in any of the organs in our body. So basically cancer is just cells going out of control in our body. And why is that bad? Why is it bad when we have, you know, just like a group of cells that start dividing too much? Um, because they escape the normal programming that's uh, within, that's they're designed for. So they just keep growing and then there is no way for the body to control them or kill them off. And they can also spread to other organs. So they're basically eating away the resources of our, of our normal cells. So they're kind of out competing the cells that we need and just using up too many resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your lab in particular is studying liver cancer. Why liver cancer in particular? So we decided to study liver cancer because it's one of the top 10 causes of cancer deaths worldwide. And even though there are like so many treatment options available for liver cancer, um, the prognosis is actually very poor. Um, the five-year survival rate is less than 18%. And then even after getting treatment, a lot of patients experience recurrence and metastases. So there is still an unmet clinical need for um, improving outcomes for these patients. So you said um, there's, you know, there's a really high risk of recurrence. So that's obviously when the cancer, I guess, comes back after treatment. Um, but you mentioned metastases. So what is what is metastases? Um, so metastases is when a cancer that's originating in one part of the body, it spreads to a different part of the body. So these cells are just growing everywhere and they can also spread to other organs. And I guess that kind of results in uh, far worse outcomes for the patient than a cancer that just stays in one place. Yes, that is that is correct. 
for patients with metastases, like I mentioned, the normal five-year survival rate is less than 18%, but for someone with metastases, it's less than even 3%. So it's, it is even a worse outcome for patients with metastases. Wow, lower than 3%. That's very low. So what, what exactly is this treatment that you and your lab are uh, investigating? So we are actually investigating ultrasound for um, therapeutic outcomes. So as you may know that traditionally ultrasound is used for diagnostic imaging in clinics. So you have these transducers which deliver uh, ultrasound pulses to the body to form images that we see on screen. Like a pregnancy scan. Mm -hmm. In our lab, we use something similar, but instead of like a low energy ultrasound, we use very high energy ultrasound. So we are depositing these ultrasound pulses to a focused location within the body. And at this location, um, our body naturally has these like nanometer sized gas pockets. So when um, you hit them with ultrasound energy, these gas pockets get activated to form a bubble cloud, which rapidly expands and collapses. And this rapid expansion and collapse, um, it basically creates the stress or strain on the tissue structure in that region, uh, destroying it. So after you have deposited that energy, now all you have remaining is this liquid debris, which the body then clears away on its own. So you're actually using ultrasound to just basically destroy the region that specifically you want to target. That's incredible. Um, so it kind of sounds, you know, what I'm thinking of when you when you talk about this, I imagine um, it's almost kind of like boiling the, the tumor, right? Because you get you give it a lot of energy, you create this bubble and then the bubble sort of pops. Is that so uh, that is actually another type of uh, high intensity focused ultrasound where you're boiling the um, tissue where you're depositing heat. The difference with our technique is we're not really creating, because we have really short pulses, we're not heating up the tissue. We are mechanically destroying it. So we're just like pulling the cells apart with the bubble cloud and then that disrupts the cellular structure without delivering heat. I see. That's very interesting. So you're, you're doing a very similar um, effect, but without heating up the tissue. Yeah. And that's actually... That's actually uh, a good thing because sometimes with heat, you can also have um, side effects um, in the surrounding region, like because heat dissipates, right? Uh, but with the mechanical fractionation, you can be very precise and only target what you want to target. That's really, really impressive um, because, you know, as we know, with a lot of other cancer treatments, there are a lot of other side effects and risks of targeting, um, you know, the normal cells uh, nearby. So that's very interesting. So. Tell us a little bit now, um, what exactly has your work been recently? What is your you and what have you and your team uh, been working on and what have you found? So for my PhD dissertation, I've been working on preclinical investigation of histotripsy for liver cancer. So we have different animal models. Um, in my latest study, uh, we decided to look at the effects of histotripsy ablation on the response of tumor. Ablation meaning the removal of that tumor. Yeah. So instead of targeting the entire tumor, we decided to target only 50 to 75% of the tumor volume. And the reason we did this is because in clinical situations, sometimes it's just not possible to target the whole tumor. And then a lot of times that's why recurrence occurs. So we just wanted to uh, study this um, in non-ideal conditions. And our results were actually very promising because even though we targeted um, the tumors partially, the entire tumor 
completely regressed and there was no evidence of recurrence of metastases at the study endpoint in more than 80% of the animals. Um, in contrast, the control group, which didn't really receive any treatment, um, all of those tumors progressed and they had developed uh, intrahepatic metastases. So our results also showed something which was pretty interesting that um, histotripsy was actually able to activate the body's natural immune system to sort of clear away the remaining tumor that was not targeted. And that's possibly why we saw that the whole tumor regressed completely. That's incredible. So in, by intentionally targeting you know, only a, a fraction of the tumor, you're saying that the, the body kind of naturally took care of the rest. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And um, just for a, a point of clarification, the you studied this in rats um, and you were looking at liver tumors in, in rats. Yes. Where did you get the uh, the tumors from? Where did you culture those tumors? Because I believe you implanted them into the rats. Was that correct? Yes. Um, so we usually culture. Um, so there are different cell lines, tumor cell lines available. Uh, with ATCC and like different repositories. Uh, so we cultured them and then we inject them into the liver lobes to generate these tumors in healthy rats. That's very interesting. That's um, it, it's a methodology that I don't know if our, a lot of our listeners would know about that, you know, when we study tumors, we actually, we grow them basically in a Petri dish and then we just inject them into the, the live models that we're using. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so I just wanted to elaborate on it for our listeners, but that is great. So why specifically, and I don't know if this was before your time working with your lab, but why did your lab decide to pursue uh, sound therapy basically as a cancer treatment? So um, histotripsy um, was actually invented at the University of Michigan. And my PhD advisor, Zhenzhu, was one of the inv original inventors of histotripsy. Um, it, the original um, goal of histotripsy was just to sort of break down soft tissues because histo means soft and tripsy means breakdown. And it was um, actually uh, inspired by lithotripsy, which is used in clinics for breaking down kidney stones. Um, so over the past 15 years, our lab has been researching um, this technique for just um, destroying normal tissue. And then once we sort of had that down, um, we were like, why? Can, or we were like, can we use this um, to target cancerous tissue and what are the outcomes of doing that? So that's why we decided to pursue um, this therapy for cancer treatments. So it does sound like a lot of other, you know, scientific, big scientific discoveries that have been made where we kind of develop a technique for one thing. And then we realize, hey, well, we could, you know, we could use it in this other area, too, for something really, uh, really beneficial. Mm -hmm. So I I do want to ask you, and you know, this is kind of the, the big question, but, um, and I guess there's kind of a, a two part, two parts to the question. So the first part is, you know, could this be a potential road to a cure for cancer? Do you think we could, you know, develop this treatment enough to the point where it's a cure uh, for cancer? And then the other part of that question is, if so, why can't we use other cancer treatments that currently exist to the same extent? Like what makes them so different? So I think um, to answer your first question, um, I think absolutely this technique can be developed further um, for treating 
cancer and not just liver cancer, but also different cancer types. And that is something we are looking at in our lab as well. We have, uh, we are, we now have models for brain cancer, uh, pancreatic cancer, breast cancer that we're looking into. Um, so yeah, it's basically if there's, there's a tumor that's accessible, uh, by ultrasound and that can be targeted. Yes, we are able to target it with histotripsy. Um, I think one of the key uh, benefits of this technique over other techniques is that it doesn't really involve any radiation or um, thermal effects or so you don't really have damage to healthy tissue in the body. So you're avoiding any, um, you're avoiding a lot of side effects that are associated with other cancer treatments. So this could be a potential option for patients in the future if, um, if we can develop it further. Absolutely. And I, I, the other thing about this from the sounds and from, you know, what I read in your paper, I think this is a huge, uh, you know, point of significance for a lot of people. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who resisted getting COVID vaccines because they don't even like getting, you know, the, the needle in their arm. It's the fact that this is, this is non-invasive, correct? Yeah, 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 definitely. There, there are other non-invasive ablation modalities right now as well, but yeah, this is also, it's non-invasive is always, I think, preferable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And well, it's, you know, and it's huge that this is in that group, this thing that could end up being, uh, you know, a cure for cancer proceeding through, you know, some more development and through, uh, through human trials. Mm-hmm. Yep. So one last thing I want to ask you, um, what would you like to see happen next? So um, I know that histotripsy is in human trials right now in the US and Europe. Uh, it's called Hopeful Liver. And I'm really, I'm really hoping that uh, uh, we have some good results coming out of this clinical trial and we can continue to develop this technique further and expand it so that a lot of people can benefit um, down the line and we can make it available uh, to patients in the clinic soon. And I think eventually I would hope that um, histopsy can also be used for treating other cancer types. Um, just there's a lot of potential. I just hope that we can realize it. So is there anywhere that our listeners can go if they wanted to learn uh, more about the clinical trial in particular? Sure. Uh, I'm going to share a link with you for the Hopeful Liver clinical trial. Um, and hopefully if anyone wants to learn more about it, they can go to the link. Uh, it has all the information on enrollment, uh, what study centers are uh, performing the trial, and a lot of contact information for people if anyone wants to reach out for more information. Excellent. And that link is in the show notes below. So thanks for joining me today, Tejaswi. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And you as well. And thank you again for tuning in. And remember to subscribe for more conversations and some insightful answers to your questions about the science impacting your world. If you want to learn more about histotripsy, cancer, or any of the other topics we've talked about on this show, visit us on Instagram or TikTok at SciForEveryone and on our website at scienceforeveryone.ca. On the Sidelines is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, June Kim, and Taneshwari Rajendran. On the Sidelines is sponsored by the University of Toronto's Student Engagement Grant.